Welcome on in. It is the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network, 975-1280 the Zone. Uh so happy that you are here with us on this Saturday. I'm Adrian Lizer here with Jake Hatch. Uh Jake, it's been a bit of a weathery week this week, but it's a nice day, a great day for midday basketball here at the Smart Home Arena. But how are you, my friend? I'm doing Another right. week in the book. Yeah. Of the Monday through Friday shows, and now they let us have our our show today. Yeah, we got a shortened show today because the Utah Jazz are coming up at 3 o'clock. Yeah. The international spotlight window. I am so... I know you're excited. So excited, not just because, you know, I obviously only think about myself most of the time, <laughs> and selfishly, 3 o'clock means I get to go home, but... Um, I, I think it's a great window. I think it's an awesome idea for NBA. On the weekends, there's no reason NBA teams shouldn't have a few throughout the year that yeah. are early. 3 o'clock, you could even go 1 o'clock. Just have people have, you know, you get lunch downtown here. It's, all, it's a really, we live in such an easy city to get around. So it really works for places like Salt Lake. Maybe not like New York at 1 o'clock, but you could do a Salt Lake City. But 3 o'clock's great. Yeah. Make sure you remember that downtown come downtown come to the arena get some lunch before the game starts off and uh, it's gonna be a great day three o'clock tip and we'll get into the game tonight a little bit jake but uh yeah love it big fan of the early tip-offs yeah it's gonna be fun and i think a lot of people wondered okay why a three o'clock game well guess what three o'clock mountain time is prime time in europe so london paris etc where the paris uh they just had a game yesterday in paris very cool uh but they're they're gonna be broadcasting these games over there in prime time to let nba fans over there see their favorite teams obviously the utah jazz got a very much an international roster rudy gobert one of the best players from france obviously gonna be people interested in seeing him play and it doesn't hurt that there's a guy named Luka Doncic playing on the other team. Yeah, you talk about the you know the international nature of the NBA now. You look at the NBA All Star starters. You've got multiple yeah uh, foreign born players yes. on the. You've got uh, Siakam and Embiid are both from Cameroon. You've Correct. got Giannis Antetokounmpo who's from Greece. Obviously, you've got Doncic. Um, so uh, that's a a lot of players are coming over from international, and it's great. The the more worldly the game, the better, because you want to see the best players in the world. And right now, arguably the best player, maybe the best two players in the NBA are, or at least two of the top five, at least this season. You got Doncic yeah. and Giannis. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're big draws, obviously, but it's cool that uh, the Jazz get this opportunity. I think it's the second time they've done this this year, correct? This is the second time they've played a mid-afternoon Saturday or mid-afternoon game. The Jazz? Yeah, uh, yeah they played one earlier against new york yeah it was so, an early one thirty, i believe yeah so, so it, it's fun to have stuff like this and you're right you can come downtown eat lunch before the game or you can come downtown and then just go out to dinner afterwards right it's yeah. a fantastic setup in terms of the time you'll be out of here by six so yeah. uh it's gonna be great so excited to see that big fan of day games uh in any sport my favorite games for the bees i go to the sunday 1205 first pitch yeah. that's my favorite thing to go to the midday get a get a shady affairs. seat underneath the yeah. bleacher or underneath the, you know that upper deck and uh, just take in some afternoon baseball. So big fan of sports in the afternoon. Football isn't the only sport that needs to do that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you in that regard. Whereas college is moving away from that. They want to if they could have their way, they would kick off at midnight. <laughs> that would be because whatever the most open window is, you know. Yeah, whatever they could do to get more eyeballs, they would go for. It. You're right. Uh, but we have a fun show for you today. We're going to talk about the Jazz and their recent success. 
Also, uh, we'll get into the matchup with the Mavericks, and we'll get into you know something Jake and I have been talking about for a few weeks here on the Saturday show when it comes to the schedule. Um, if you like the show at all, please just podcast us at uh, the wherever you download your podcasting or get the Zone app and hit us up on demand. We greatly appreciate it. And don't forget to check out Jake's various podcasts, including Locked on Cougars, yep. uh, your daily BYU sports podcast. Kind of interesting week in BYU land as well, Jake. It has been. So it, we'll break it all down for you today. But should we start off with the Utah Jazz? Yes, let's get into it, Jake. Uh, winners of their last 18 of 20. Yep. Coming off another 30-point blowout of a team. Now the Warriors aren't as good as the Pacers. But they've been dominating teams lately. Um, you've got a one. You got thirty points, thirty points, twenty-one points, ten plus, ten plus, ten plus. Obviously, lost to the Pelicans, yeah. but that's going to happen. Um, before we get into tonight, Jake, just your thoughts. Let's kick it off. The Jazz have been playing exceptional. Now the the meat of the schedule begins. Yeah, you're right, and that's that. That's where we look at. Start. I think we should start here. Is the Jazz are very very hot right now. Granted. The Dallas Mavericks have been pretty have been a pretty good team this year, so yep. this this kicks off what should be a, a stellar run of opponents for Utah Jazz over the next few weeks up up till the uh, NBA All Star break kicks in. And tonight, uh, t- I want to say tonight because it feels like it's tonight, but it's t- this afternoon. T- today's yeah. game. You you look at it, and there are going to be players coming in here. Speaking of Luka Doncic as well as Kristaps Porzingis, who are good players. Dallas is a good team. Obviously, they got hurt. Dwight Powell with that uh, ruptured Achilles tendon. He's he's out for the year. That's obviously going to hurt Dallas. But I think you look at this and where the Jazz sit right now, just kind of my overall thought, we'll break this down a little bit more, is the Jazz should win this game. They should Mm. get a win, I feel like, today. I feel like they're playing at an extremely high level. They're very confident. They've been very uh, vocal about that confidence leading into the games they've played. Up to this point, you mentioned the 18 of 20 that they've won. You don't do that and not be a good team. And I want to echo something PK has been talking about all week long. We've, uh, as Jazz fans, I feel like even the media here in this local market, we look at other teams like the Lakers, like the Rockets, even even Dallas, who's coming in today, and we see the legit stars that they have on their team. And we kind of look at the Jazz and say, do we have one of those guys? I think we've got two of those guys mm-hmm. in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. We just may not have, I don't know, emphasized it enough. I don't know what the correct description is, but I think we overlooked the fact that we have two budding superstars on this roster. Well, it's easy to, for one, it's easy for the casual fan to overlook Rudy Gobert, unfortunately. Because you watch, true. I mean, if you're a. We watch every single Jazz game because it's for our job, and we've learned to really like. I I think Rudy's the best player on the Jazz. Yeah, uh, myself, and that's no disrespect to Donovan because they're both exceptional basketball players. But Rudy Gobert just does so much, and he's just so dominant in his own way, and he really bends the entire you know the will of the other team, and yeah. on a night in night out basis. You know, maybe the casual NBA fan doesn't really learn to appreciate what Rudy Gobert brings. True. That's probably a good point. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, you could argue it's only his third year. Mm-hmm. That mixed with the small market, it is sometimes hard to do that. But I will tell you this: a couple, years, but when he was drafted and he started blowing up on the scene, I talked on I talked on the show about you know all these other cities have kind of had a you know like the Portland's had Damian Lillard and 
these, you know, Golden State's at Steph and these guys that you can really like say that is if you're a fan of the Jazz, you say we might we have our guy now. Like I always thought, how cool would it be if you were a fan to be able to cheer for that particular player on that particular team? Yep. Night in and night out, you're probably getting something special out of him. And the Jazz had Gordon Hayward, who was an all star, but he wasn't really doing that necessarily. It's a fair point. You yeah. know, he he had his plays that they would run for him. Yes. He didn't really create well by himself. And he no doubt he made himself into an all star that year. And but the, the Jazz have somebody in Donovan Mitchell now who is he is a legit star and he'll get more notice. He's he bumped up in the all star voting. Um, he's a guy, though, he gives you something special nightly, which in the NBA, it's all about the stars and because um, that's who they that's who they advertise. And Donovan's turned himself into that kind of player, and it's amazing to watch because you really never know what you're going to get out of Donovan every night from the, oh, what kind of special play is he yeah. going to show us? You know he's going to drop 25 on the, other, the opponent's head because that's what he does. And, you know, he does that every night. He's a walking bucket. He's amazing. But uh, you kind of when I go into a game, I think, what am I going to see out of, to your point, these two stars? What am I going to see out of Rudy that's going to really make me go, whoa, yeah. that was an incredible play. Even if it's, I saw one play, he jumped on one side of the basket to alter a shot. It went over him, got rebound, like a quick rebound. Okay. He lands and contests on the other side of the rim in one motion. The dude's incredible. Yeah, he is. And so it, you're totally right that I don't think they're necessarily being taken for granted or talked about enough because i think we talk about them enough but it's just natural sometimes small markets that's just how it is that's why people in utah have such an inferiority complex to begin with yeah because salt lake city if it's ever brought up in any way people around here are so sensitive about it (laughs) that's right and then you you throw a you throw a legit superstar who doesn't get it maybe if you're a fan and you think man he's not getting enough attention yeah, and but the the NBA yeah. knows about these guys. That is a hundred percent sure. That is sure. The opponents yeah. do. I'm with you. I'm with you in that regard. Those two guys, in terms of the their their compatriots, their fellow players in yeah. the NBA and coaches, etc., they're aware of them absolutely. Yes. But you, I think there is a point to be made there. Absolutely, that there is a, almost a, a complex we have here in Utah where it's just we're forever the underdog. We're right. forever the the overlooked uh, team, etc. Well, guess what. Right now, the Utah Jazz, they're very much in contention for at least the number two seed. They could battle for number one if they continue to win at the clip yeah, they're winning and, at. And to get attention, what's the best way to get attention? Win. Win. Win games. And the Jazz are doing that. You cannot be ignored Yeah, no. if you win. That's yeah. just how sports works. You can be the cutesy team who's in the sixth seed, and maybe people won't talk about you, yeah. but you're blowing teams out. making. Frankly, a lot of these games have been so boring in the last 18 because the Jazz at the end of first quarter seemingly are up 20 at the end of every first quarter and I'm like, "Up, oh, another snoozer tonight." Well, that's 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 the fun part about what the Jazz are doing right now is yeah. they're putting teams away early enough. Yeah, and people have to talk about that. When you yeah. win 18 of 20 in the NBA, yeah, you're going to get attention you're getting, and you're your stars noticed. are going to get noticed. Yeah, I've I've heard multiple national radio shows when they've talked about the NBA. A lot of the conversation obviously centers around teams like the Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis, the Los Angeles Lakers, yeah. the Los Angeles Clippers. Well, guess what? Those shows recently, when they're talking about the best teams or teams that can contend in the NBA, yeah. guess what? The Utah Jazz are in that conversation. I'm hearing it from multiple national hosts. So people are, quote-unquote, taking note of the Jazz. I know I'm playing off of their hashtag on social right. media. But they are 
doing what they're supposed to do. You win games, you're going to get noticed. It looks like right now the Jazz, I know a lot of people are worried about the NBA All-Star game. All projections are that the Jazz are going to have two guys, both Rudy and Donovan should make that team. But even if they, even if only one of them makes it, that's on, that's that doesn't really matter. You, the ultimate goal is to win an NBA championship. Yeah. And the Jazz right now have put together a team that at least at this juncture right now looks very much like a contender. Yeah, and you know who cares about the starters? I think they're honestly that's a fan boat and whatever. If the yeah. fans want to see those starters, then they get to see those starters. Correct. Um, you know, I hope Rudy gets it because it's something that he has worked so hard for, and um, you know we saw him have an emotional reaction last year to not getting it, and. He's a guy who works his butt off, and he wants to be recognized, and he should be. I believe he will be an all-star. I think the Jazz get two because I think the second in the West, you can't just skip over them. Correct, yeah. If you're the coaches, that's absurd to me. That if if you just skip over the Jazz as a two-seed and say, oh, they're fine, when Donovan and Rudy are pummeling you every single night, yeah. and you're not going to admit that, that, that would be tragic to me and a joke. I think it straight up would be a joke. And I'm not, I'm not a big – I'm not a Jazz fan. I cover them. You know, but Rudy and Donovan are locks to me. They have to be locks to well, get into this. And so I'm going to echo a thing I saw. Zach Lowe obviously made his picks for the NBA All-Star Game. He did a great column uh, for or great article for ESPN.com earlier this week. And he said in that column or article, I don't know how I should term it, but he said in there, if the Jazz, if Rudy Gobert doesn't make the NBA All-Star team, and he's speaking about Gobert in particular, the Jazz should boycott. That was his that was his thought on this. He said it'd be absurd to see a guy like Rudy Gobert get snubbed yeah. just because of it's Rudy Gobert. If that makes, right. it, we've got two legit stars on this team. They're sitting second in the West. They're taking on Dallas today. Obviously, it kicks off a run here of pretty legit opponents over the next few weeks. The nice part is the Jazz, they're coming off a stellar run. They're brimming with confidence. That locker room never sounded like it's more fun than it has been in the last couple of games. I've been hearing all these interviews after the game, and it just sounds like these guys are having a great time together. Yeah. So, they and frankly, Boyan should be. He yeah. plays at an all-star well, level. Well, yeah, he, he's, been, he's been stellar If he was in year. the East, he'd be an all-star. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So the, the nice part is the Jazz are rolling into this tough part of the schedule, Adrian, full of confidence. They have got everything ahead of them. They have so many different things they can accomplish if they continue to win win at the clip they're winning at. The nice part is, over this next couple of weeks where you face off against some of these better teams, we're talking Dallas today, you got Houston Monday, etc. These teams that are NBA playoff contenders, you're going to learn a lot more about this Jazz team. How legitimate are they in terms of a contender? Well, the next couple of weeks should reveal a lot. Yeah, and we've talked about that a lot. Now now it's time to prove, if you're the Jazz, time to prove that this is not something where it's just been a Yeah, you haven't just a been, light fe- schedule. Fe- yeah, you have been feasting on lesser opponents, absolutely. Yeah, and there's there's a great test tonight, with or today, with the Mavericks, as you talked about. They did lose Dwight Powell, which is big-time loss for them. He's been playing very well. Uh, they are 28-16 on the season, Jake. Uh, they just came off a win against the Trailblazers, 133-125. to Both teams are going to be fully rested. Obviously, they're not going to put a back-to-back with the 3 o'clock tip Correct. on the other side of it. So um, that's why the Jazz didn't play Friday night either. So they got a couple nights off. So did the uh, Mavericks. The NBA wants them rested and healthy for a game that's going to be worldwide yep. that night. So should be a great game. But, of course, the show is one Luka Doncic, Jake, who has – you know, he had a good year last year, but he is proving every bit why he I, he's the future of this league yeah. this year. And he's 29 points a game. Are you kidding me? Nearly 10 
assists, nine or nine assists, nearly ten rebounds. Mm-hmm. He's shooting. Um, you know, he's only shooting 32% from three, but he takes a lot of them, and he can hit one at any time. He's he's just amazing. He's been a revelation to watch in this league, and he's a fun player. And it's going to be fun to see him in this building. Yeah, it's going to – this is a fun matchup just because of who Dallas brings in here because we have seen Luka Doncic blossom into a star in only his second year. He is a legit superstar in the NBA. A team like Sacramento is going to kick themselves for the next two decades because they didn't pick yep. this guy. I know that Marvin Bagley is a fine player, but Dallas got a generational talent. Yes, they did. And that's that's the thing about it. So Dallas comes in here. Luka is worth the price of admission alone. You have another guy like a Christoph Porzingis also on this yeah. roster who is the seven foot three unicorn, as he's called, because of his ability to shoot from the perimeter, etc., This is a fun team in Dallas. They play a fun style. I like what Rick Carlisle has built in Dallas. He's been one of the more long, uh, in terms of longevity as an NBA coach, he's had a great run with Dallas. He won that title way back when, was it 2011 when they won the title there in Dallas? Mm -hmm. And I think that the Mavericks are going to come in here motivated because the Utah Jazz, they're sitting above you guys in the standings. You want to stake claim that you're one of the better teams in the NBA as well. Well, you have an opportunity against the Jazz. The nice part is I think the Jazz, going back to what I said, they have got a lot of confidence right now, and they know that they can really take the bull by the horns and really show the NBA, no, that little run we had, no, it's legitimate. We're going to continue that run. Yeah, and uh, like you said about Rick Carlisle, I think the Mavericks are a – are a example of don't just eject a coach oh, yeah. just because things aren't going great Correct. necessarily. Yes. They know that they've known that they have one of the best coaches in the NBA in Rick Carlisle and they in the NBA there are lean years. It's just what happens. Yeah. And now they've turned in they and sometimes it takes making the trade, you get Porzingis in <laughs> and then you're able to have somebody else skip a guy and you end up with Luka Doncic in your hands and all of a sudden he's picking up the mantle where Dirk Nowitzki left off. And they've got, you know, Doncic Porzingis is a pretty brutal two-headed monster there. Tim Hardaway's been playing well. They've got DeLon Wright, the former Ute, who's playing really well for them as well. Yep. Um, so, you know, they've got pieces. It's going to be fun. I, I'm excited to watch this game today. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think the Jazz win because I think they've been playing exceptional right now. But it's I would be surprised if it was one of those blowouts. Yeah. Well, and see, Dwight Powell's injury is going to hurt Dallas because he's that rim-running center that the, that the Mavericks have relied on for years. You think yeah. back to Tyson Chandler, what he did in their title run, etc. They have always had a center that can just go to the rim, finish off lobs at the, at the rim, finish off uh, feeds in the post, etc. Dwight Powell's been that for them the last little bit. His injury is obviously going to hurt them. They may fall off the pace a little bit here. But all it does, Adrian, is open up more opportunities for Luka Doncic Kristaps Porzingis, the other guys you mentioned, they all have opportunities here to take more possessions, more shots. And Luka Doncic, he could average a triple-double if he continues the run he's going on right now. He's yeah. had, And the, the triple-double anymore has been a little more devalued, I feel like, in recent years in the NBA because we've seen guys like James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James notch those with regularity. Mm-hmm. But when Luka Doncic does this, we shouldn't overlook the fact that he's only a second-year player. He's 20 years old. This is a young man who is going to dominate in this league for years. And a team like Sacramento, you may go down as a team that's like the Sam Bowie-Chicago Bulls situation with Michael Jordan. He, the yeah. Portland Trailblazers picking Bowie and then famously the Bulls getting Jordan. It looks very much that way for Dallas right now. Yeah, Luka's fourth in the NBA in scoring. 
at 29 a game. It's ridiculous. And, and, and he's a starter. He's a starter in the upcoming NBA All Star game at yeah. 20 years old. I think he's what the third youngest or something such to get that honor. He's very deserving of all the plaudits coming his way. That's why this game today it has a lot on the line. It feels like just for in terms of just a regular season game, yeah. it feels like the stakes from this one is a little bit higher. Than yeah, that. and it's it's fun. It's a star power game. Yeah. You know, it, we've seen a couple of those this season, but I, I think this is a really smart game for the NBA to put in this slot because you've got Joe Ingles. Correct. You've got Rudy Gobert. You've got Luka Doncic. You've got Porzingis. You've got these players from overseas. And uh, you got Marjanovic. Maybe he gets in a little bit. The only guy who makes Rudy look small. Boban, yes. But it, it's a smart game for them to put on the international stage because it's really well represented. And it's going to be fun. And the stars in this game are from all around the world. Yeah. So that's the cool part. And that's what that's the beauty of this game. It's yeah. the beauty of the NBA now. Yeah, it's, so. it's a world. It's a worldwide game anymore. Guys are coming from all over the world to play in this league. It is truly the best athletes in the world, I feel like, in the NBA because you can make arguments for football, soccer, baseball, whatever you want. I think the NBA's got the best overall athletes. These are guys who are just absolute freaks. And I mean freaks in the most positive way possible. But this game today, you're right. The star power in this game, it should make for a high, highlight reel type of a game where we're seeing guys do crazy things. I'm looking forward to it. I think the Jazz win, but... This is going to kick off a run here where if the Jazz want to really legitimize yeah. themselves in the eyes of most people, you got to make a run here. Yep, and that that starts tonight, Jake. Uh, so, what do you th- what is your what are your keys maybe to maybe slowing down Doncic well, and Porzingis? <laughs> okay, slow down slow down Doncic if at all possible. A guy like Royce O'Neal, he's got to be licking his chops in a matchup like this because he is known as a three and D guy. He's he's known as the guy who locks down the opposing team's best player, and the opposing team's best player today is Luka Doncic. So you've got to go in there if you're if you're a guy like Royce O'Neal and think, you know what, this is my time to show how good of a defender I am. I can lock this guy down. Porzingis, he's an interesting case because there are times on the court he looks absolutely brilliant. There's other times he looks almost absolutely lost. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is, but there I've, I've watched games where it seems like he's standing on the three-point line and just kind of like, well, I'm just going to hang out over here. And it's like, what are you doing? You're a, you're, you're a talent in your own right. So I feel like the Jazz, if you can keep uh, Porzingis from shooting from three and really hurting you from the perimeter, that should help. But the biggest thing is, yeah, how much can you limit Doncic? And also, how much will the fact that Powell's not playing in this game for Dallas affect their offense in terms of going against the Jazz? Yeah, and uh, Doncic, he's pretty good. He's split about 50-50 for his two-pointers versus his three-pointers as far as attempts. 56% for 43% of his attempts. But he doesn't shoot a lot from like that 10 to Correct. 10 to the three-point line, which not a lot of guys in the NBA the, do. The mid-range is going away, yeah. Yeah, but he's, he's pretty um, – He's he likes to get it close to the basket where he's really skilled – and he shoots a lot of threes, but he makes – he's finishing at 77% it's, it's between impressive. zero and three feet. So if that guy's taking a shot near the rim, he makes it. But there's a little business of a guy named Rudy Gobert this game yep. who patrols that area. And we watch it every game, Jake. Players try. They go in. They try, <laughs> and they see what they can do against Rudy Gobert. And it fails 
most of the time. Well, and the funny thing about this is, is Dallas is a better team on the road right now than they are at home. They're 13 and Which is a total home. flip from last year. Yeah. Remember, they were winning all their home games and last they year. They couldn't win a game on the road. Yeah, they were awful on the road. They're 15-5 and five on the road this year. It's, I think it's the best record in the West, at least, maybe in the NBA in terms of overall record on yeah. the road right now. So they're going to come in here thinking, you know what? Road, home, it doesn't matter. We can win this game. But you're right. The fact that Rudy Gobert's in the middle there, and without Dwight Powell really running at them, that's going to open up opportunities. Yeah, totally. So, should be a fun one today, Jake. I'm really excited. And uh, um, that gets uh, tips off at 3 o'clock, sorry. Yeah. And at 2 o'clock, right after we're done here, Jake Scott and Coach uh, Chiesa will be on the pre, half, and post game coverage for you. So, should be a lot of fun. Uh, afternoon game here. It's going to be People are already starting to roll in, Jake. Yep. Uh, we see the lines up. People are excited. Should be a good one. Yeah. So get out here. If you don't have tickets already, you probably have a few left. You can come out and get them. Yep. And love to see you guys out here. Yep. Exactly. All right. Coming up on the other side, Jake, we've got a lot more to get to in our short show, but that's okay because yep. we can jam it all in. And we'll, uh, we're going to get Jake also. He's going to hook us up with some knowledge on the college basketball court. You've been covering, especially what BYU has been doing. Uh, interesting one the other day with Utah as they came back and defeated Washington. And uh, a lot to talk about here on the Saturday show. So stick around here, 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Saturday show here on The Zone Sports Network. I'm Adrian Lizer with Jake Hatch. We're a short show today, Jake, but uh, happy to be here either way. Absolutely. Love being on the air. Yep, but. and uh, excuse me, only an hour today, and then we make way for Utah Jazz Radio uh, with the pregame show. Jake Scott will be on that, and then David Locke and Ron Boone, of course. And following the game, Tony Parks in the locker room, uh, getting all those interviews, and uh, the interviews have been great lately. the The Jazz are lucky that Jake that they don't really have anyone who uh, isn't there to give you an honest, insightful answer. That's the nice thing. There are plenty of teams in the league that'll just they give you one word, short answers. (laughs) Not these guys. They always have something good to say, uh, win or lose. And uh, I think it's it's always great to hear what these players have to say. Yeah, no, and that's that's that is the nice part about a team like that because it shows that the culture of this team is, you know what, we don't need to be jerks, right? To the media, we don't need to be jerks to fans in general. We just and they're they're thoughtful with their responses. Yep. That's the nice part about it. So you're always going to get a thoughtful response from them. They'll take your question in stride. They're not going to take offense to it and just be like, "What do you mean by that?" Right. That's just not how they go about business. And that I think that shows a healthy uh, locker room, just kind of a healthy environment in terms of just the overall franchise. And I, bravo, plain and simple, bravo to yeah, all. You bring in the right guys. And yeah. you heard Dennis Lindsay earlier on the. Uh, station this week and mm-hmm. he you know he talked about uh, the guys that they have brought in on this team and uh yeah it's it's been really fun to see them all come together all right uh jake a little college basketball okay um let's start with the cougs mm-hmm. last uh last week they finished up the week with a 74 60 win over pacific the mighty damon stoudemeyers the mighty mouses isn't that the coach right that was his nickname yeah, in yeah it was NBA, uh yeah. but anyway they uh, they get that win, but it wasn't necessarily very pretty to start well, for yeah, the Cougs. The, the Cougars fell behind eight nothing in this game before rallying. They took a what thirty three twenty nine lead at halftime, and the biggest thing in this game I felt like Adrian was the fact that Yoli Childs is back on the court. Big game, twenty six points. Yeah, yeah, so him and Jake Toulson scored fifty four combined of BYU seventy four points in this victory, <laughs> and Jake Toulson. 
Uh, Yoli Childs coming back was big, but Jake Toulson was the kind of the key guy because the Cougars put uh, Pacific away with a 21 nothing run in the middle of the part of the second half. Mm. Pacific never recovered from it, and Jake Toulson spurred it with four three-pointers in that run. Yeah, six of eight on the season, Jake, to, or on the night yeah. from downtown, 10 of 15 shooting. Very efficient night yes. for Jake Toulson. Did it concern you that they didn't get a lot of scoring from anyone else, or is it just the fact well, that they got so much, and in a college game, there's only so many points to go around? So in in, in another year with BYU, I'd be worried, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. because there have been years where we've seen BYU where they've been very reliant on star power to win basketball games. I can think back to some of the Tyler Hawes teams. I can think of games where if he didn't score a certain amount of points, they didn't have a chance. Right. But this year's team, in terms of BYU, because they've played so many games without Yoli Childs, and they've had guys like TJ Hawes step up, step up at points. Jake Toulson had his career high in that game against yeah. uh, Pacific. They've also had guys like Alex Barcelo have good games, and Dalton Nixon's been a key cog at points. The nice part is the contributions come from everywhere on this team. It's okay that I think in a one-game setting to have two of your two star players, I feel like, step up in this circumstance and take over. The nice part is the Cougars, they'd only won one true road game before that game at Pacific. There was some thought that they may struggle in that. They were 1-4 in, in true road games. And I think they flexed some muscle and really showed, you know what, we are a good team. I think this is a team that is bound for the NCAA tournament. No, regardless if they win the West Coast Conference, mm. I feel like the Cougars, what they've done so far, and there's still a ways to go. Obviously, they have yeah. to they have to avoid some of those losses that have been a bugaboo for them in the past. But if they continue to take care of business and not lose to teams not named St. Mary's and Gonzaga in West Coast Conference play, I think this team's going to be in March Madness. Yeah, this. As of now, I would put them in there. Yeah, and, and so they, and you're right though. They, they, there is a ways to go, but they're playing well. Yes, and so if they, this doesn't seem like the kind of team that's going to go out and drop these tough, no, non or tough conference games to teams they shouldn't. San Francisco, I think, is going to be a good test. Yes, they will. Uh, be. They've lost to them a couple times in league, so it's going to be a good test. But I'm with you. I think right now, as of now, they're a tournament team, and if they just kind of hold status quo. They're going to find themselves in an at-large bid, uh, hopefully regionally close, so pe- so fans can go check it out. And yeah. I, w- I would put them like a 10, 9, 10 seed, well, something so, like that. Well, so that's what Lunardi and most of the prognosticators yeah. who do those with bracketology. BYU's been kind of waffling between a 9 and a 10 seed. But the biggest thing is the fact that the Cougars, if they make the NCAA yeah. tournament, that's an accomplishment. But in the tournament, we've seen how many times in tournaments have we seen lower seeds get the upset because they have – upperclassman correct and a big who yeah. knows what he's doing and knows how to score and that's what yep. this team might have going for them too early to tell in my opinion obviously the matchup matters so we'll but, see but yoli childs he might be the best player in the west coast conference i know he's he hasn't he hasn't played in uh so it's been 13 total of the games that the cougars have played this year he has not played in but when he's been in the lineup he has been lights out for the cougars they hope that he stays healthy. He obviously had that open dislocation of the finger that he came back from after four-game absence. What you hope now is the Cougars, like you said, you just take care of business, keep plodding along, don't get too high or don't get too low, take care of those games like so San Francisco today. San Francisco is a decent team, 14-7. and seven. This game also tips off at 3 o'clock Mountain Time here along the Wasatch Front. You might be able to split-screen it with the Jazz game if you're looking to watch both of them, but... 
The Cougars, you take care of business at San Francisco, and then you have already played both of your road games in terms of the road game at St. Mary's and also at Gonzaga. You came up short in both of those games. The nice part is you get another crack at them on your home court, and if you win those games, I think you pretty much punch your ticket as an at-large team into the NCAA tournament. Yep, totally. So it should be interesting for them. A team that maybe in the early part of the year, following a big-time win, thought, oh, they might have be playing their way into the NCAA tournament, and that's the Utes. We all thought that, yeah. We thought that uh, last week they get the close 67-66 win this over is the University game. of Washington in just a bizarre, bizarre foul fest of a game yep. down the stretch. Yeah, so if you didn't watch this game, Utah trailed this game by seven points in the final minutes of the game, but they rallied. Not behind buckets in regulation, but behind trips to the free throw line. And I'll give credit to Utah. They hit their free throws that won this game for them. But the foul, the free throw disparity in this game, 32-14. to 14. Mike Hopkins, the head coach out there at Washington, was pretty upset about it after the game. Said he'd never seen anything like it in his coaching career. And I have to say, the fact that Utah won a basketball game, that they did not make a bucket in regulation in the final four minutes pretty crazy but yeah. nonetheless it got utah out of the pac-12 cellar they're now two and four in conference play and they have washington state coming in this evening at five o'clock it, it was a it was a good win for utah to kind of get that bad taste out of, the mouth, out of their mouth after four straight losses yeah you got a when you lose four straight in conference especially after you win your opener when you'd also beaten kentucky you'd beaten kentucky yeah. and then you got whitewashed by san diego state correct you know and um you, you lose four straight, and all of a sudden you're thinking, man, things are looking kind of bad. Absolutely. You want to win a game no matter what way you can. Yeah, so credit to Utah. That's the biggest thing is they found a way to win this game. It yeah. looks a little funny in terms of looking at the stat sheet and everything, but at the end of the day, what all, all that really matters is your team having more points than the other team. Yep, and so they, they like you mentioned, they take on the Cougs. Uh, tonight, uh, Washington State team that's had some fun wins. Really cool moment when they had uh, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry in the house. Correct. When they uh, retired retired the Clay yeah. Thompson's jersey, and uh, I thought it was cool that Steph went up there with them and they were celebrating. And it was, uh, they seemed like yeah, honestly, those two seemed like good dudes, yeah. Steph and Clay. And it's cool that they went up there. Uh, the Cougars have beat Oregon this year. Yep, but they they're coming off a pretty ugly loss at Colorado. Yeah. So, so and Colorado. Beat up on Utah pretty badly, yes. too, 91-52. So. The Buffaloes look like a pretty good team. They may be one of the better teams in the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 overall, it's just a weird league right now. Yep, totally. And then another team, Jake, in uh, Utah State uh-huh. that was considered preseason a lock to get to the tournament. Yes. Uh, they avenged their loss to Air Force earlier. Uh, let's see, it was on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep. Uh, they demolished Air Force 72-47 to up there in Logan. Improving to fifteen and six and four and four on the conference season, uh, they're back in action tonight against a tough Colorado State team who's five and three in conference, winners of five straight. I think this is a great test for Utah State, considering the up and downs they've been on. Yeah, if they want to really right the ship, this is a great one uh, to start with. The fun thing about Colorado State is they're a true inside-out team. They play through their forward and centers. Uh, Nico Carvacho is one of their better players. Averages a double-double, 12 points and 10.5 rebounds per game. Adam Thistlewood a shade under 10 points in his own right. But don't worry, they don't score just inside. They also score from the guard line. Their two leading scorers on the season are Isaiah Stevens and David Roddy. Uh, Stevens averaging 13.3 points per game. Roddy, 12 points a game. You mentioned the fact that they've won five straight here. 
Utah State, preseason number 17, have struggled in conference play here. It's very much kind of the outside looking in right now in terms of their ability to get in that large bid. Mm-hmm. But you got to start winning games. So if you yep. pick up a win tonight against Colorado State, you still have another crack at San Diego State down the road here. The biggest thing for Utah State, if they want to claw their way back into contention for an NCAA tournament berth, start taking care of business. The yeah. nice part is Nemish Keta looks about as healthy as he's looked all year long. That's a positive for Utah State. Yeah, big stretch. Colorado State, Wyoming this week. And yeah. then, uh, like you mentioned, San Diego State at San Diego State. They're number four in the country right now. You want to get a big win. That's yeah, the you want to you want to get noticed. You go in and win that, and all of a sudden you've got a ton of winnable games down the stretch and get yourself into that at large talk. Yep. And maybe if you beat San Diego State, there's no reason to think you can't beat them coming up in the Mountain yep. West Conference tournament. It's crazy that we're almost done with the conference schedule. It seems like a month from now the conference schedule will be over. Yep. For college basketball, we'll be into March Madness. Sad it won't be here this week or this year. Yeah, it's fun when the because we, so awesome we're, we're when here, here in Smart Home Arena, yeah. so they're right across the hall from us when they're playing games. The environment is awesome. If you haven't been to an NCAA tournament game, get out to them. They are a ton of fun. Yeah, for sure. So that's a little college basketball. Uh, keep an eye on those scores tonight. I'm sure Jake uh, will keep you posted on Twitter, and then Jake Scott will keep you posted on the. Uh, there's too many Jakes around here. Then they'll keep you. They'll keep you posted on the uh, Jazz pre half and post. So yep. uh, all that. Uh, do you still do you get excited about college basketball until the end or Okay, so I'm a kid who grew up loving college basketball. It was just something I always enjoyed. Yeah. But any more with the kind of the one and done era we're in and everything and how the game's evolved, the NBA is a superior product. Right, and that's my thing is I just watch the NBA since I watch so yeah. much NBA that when I watch college basketball I'm like, man. Okay, so the first half of BYU the other night at Pacific I was as about as bored as I could have been yeah. because it was a foul fest. They were just all over each other. Referees trying to regulate it, but also over-regulating it at points. The NBA has figured it out where it's a pretty free-flowing game. The players determine the game. I feel like in college basketball, there's too many other outside factors that can affect a game. Free throw disparity, all the different things that can go into it. So the NBA is by far a superior product, but Adrian... I cannot deny that come March, come that NCAA tournament, and when they start playing those games and these young men are hitting shot after shot, they're just crazy. There's still part of me that's like, you know what? This is a lot of fun. Yeah, the tournament's fun because of the one-and-done nature. So, And the nice part is it looks like BYU's on track to represent the state as an at-large team at least. It would be nice to see another team like a Utah State step up and make the tournament field because when local teams are winning and making NCAA tournament runs etc it makes our jobs here in the media a lot easier and it's a lot more fun to cover yep totally all right uh coming up on the other side we'll wrap things up here on the saturday show make way for jake uh and gordy on the other side as they'll get you prepared for the jazz and the mavericks fun day here on the zone sports network 975 to the zone and the zone sports network Technical fouls here on the Zone Sports Network. This is the Saturday show. Jay Catch alongside Adrian Lizer and finishing out the show with our staple, one of our staples here on the show, and that is technical fouls, Adrian, where we essentially call out people for be- misbehaving, essentially. Yes. And it's a lot Don't of mess up on our watch, yeah, Jake. Don't mess up on our watch, absolutely. All right, I'm going to start off here, Adrian. I've got a couple here, but I'm going to start off with this one. And Mike Florio, obviously pro football talk and NBC Sports. You see him on Sunday Night Football. I don't know if you saw this earlier on the week, Adrian, but he was essentially advocating for the San Francisco 49ers defense to take cheap shots or late hits 
on Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes during the upcoming Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54, a week from tomorrow. Okay, I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan, but this goes so far out of bounds, I feel like, and just in terms of suggesting, you know what, maybe they should, you know, take that extra step or, you know, mm-hmm. hit this guy a second late. I I would not be advocating for that. That's just me. One of the things I hate in sports is when you say, let them know you're there. Don't hurt them, but let them know. No, don't hit them late. Yeah. That's just, it's not cool. Yep. You're all trying to make a paycheck. You don't need to hurt somebody. Yeah. And so I I, I understand where um, Florio's coming from with his comments, but it's just, for me, it crossed the line that shouldn't be crossed. Totally with you on that one. Um Technical foul on, uh, and you'll have to, if you're listening, you'll have to go look up the video of this, but okay. Division Three St. Olaf. I did see this. Um, had an inbound play with .2 seconds left. They uh, can, they did it perfectly, got a tip. The only thing you can do with that much time is you can't take a shot. You can only do a tip in. Mm-hmm. There's evidence out there that it was it went in. There was pl- time on the clock. This ref, this buffoon, just comes sprinting out on the court, waving it off, arms flying everywhere. And unfortunately, there isn't replay at St. Olaf's Athletics. Yep. And so they had to take the loss. To Augsburg, yeah. And it was obviously a good, for, good shot. Yeah, I see. And I saw this and I don't, on Twitter. I'm not hate on referee no. guy, but this was just a bad referee. And yeah. you get a technical foul, sir. Yeah, he, he deserves that technical foul. There is no doubt about that. I, I watched this actually on Twitter. I had somebody say, is this, and the question was, is that shot good? My first reaction, the second I saw it, that shot is good. Yep. With the time and everything, the player got up and tipped it and it went in the bucket. Yep. And yeah, you do see that referee sprint on the court and you're like, Whoa, 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 what are you doing? He made it about him, too, yeah. which is too bad. Yeah, it, he looked like, um, who's the former NBA official that loved to showboat? Um, Dan, is it, uh, who am I thinking of, Adrian? The NBA official that would always show off when he was doing charge calls and mm, like. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember his Bivetta, name. Or, uh, was it Bavetta? No, it wasn't Bavetta. It was. It was um, <laughs> this is awful radio. <laughs> can't remember who it yeah, was. I don't remember his name. But you know, bald. Yes, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. If, you, if you really watch the NBA closely, you know who I'm talking about. All right, Adrian, I got one other one for you. This came from yesterday, actually. So History Channel does like this day in history stuff on every day of the year. And I saw this yesterday, and I wanted to talk about it because kind of a unique story. Okay. So, um, on, so yesterday, January 24th, 28 years of hiding in Guam. So in 1972, after 28 years of hiding out on Guam, which is not a big island in the Pacific, a Chinese, uh, not Chinese, a Japanese soldier from World War II finally was discovered by local farmers and finally gave up fighting after 28 oh my goodness. years. He thought he didn't know that World War II had ended. Wow. So when Guam was retaken by U.S. forces in 1944, he was left behind. His name is uh, Shoyochi Yokoi. He was a Japanese sergeant who essentially went into hiding after Japanese forces pulled back off of the island carved uh, tools to live in the jungle by himself for 28 years before uh, being discovered by local farmers there on Guam. He, um, obviously, people from Japan came in and uh, dis- discharged him as a member of the Japanese military. And the funny thing is, he went home as a national hero, got married, and returned to Guam for his honeymoon. Wow. So, so he just went on with his life? Yeah, apparently, After 30 but thirty years of hiding out in the jungles of Guam. Yeah, I he handcrafted survival tools to live in the jungle by himself, and 
and the funny thing is, this is not a unique story. This is not the only. Yeah, it's guy. really. You've heard that. You hear the story a couple times. But for twenty eight years, wow. to think the war's still going on, and you're waiting for Japanese forces to come back and tell you what to do. That's that's dedication. And so I know that's kind of the opposite of the whole technical fouls thing. But yeah. I thought it was kind of a unique story. Yeah, that is a unique story. I'm looking at a picture of his the cave that he had um, kind of carved out. Yeah. In the ground, and it's built up with bamboo shoots. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really interesting stuff. So I saw that yesterday. I'm like, we need to bring that up. And okay, maybe you could call a technical foul on Japan on leaving this guy on Guam to think maybe the they war's didn't even still know going he was on. There. But I would venture to say I'm with you. I don't think the Japanese government or Japanese military even knew this guy was there. He probably was presumed dead or MIA. Um, if we're just if we're moving away from yeah. the technical fouls thing, real quick, Jake, okay. a guy um, named David. Okay. Uh, he's on. Uh, uh, he's going viral this week, Jake, because okay. he did a thing on Instagram called 30 for 30 for 30. Okay. Where he went to all 30 NBA arenas in 30 nights and got on the Jumbotron 30 times. Holy smokes. How did and he what he did is he wore an outfit to every game and got him on the, got him on the Jumbotron and uh, finished it up with the Blazers uh, against the Mavericks. So... Good for him, right? That's kind of cool. I'm actually impressed he was able to work out going to the all schedule, 30. Yeah. In I 30 can't imagine days. the fl- the planes and everything, but oh yeah, he did it. Props to you, sir. Yeah, that's kind of the opposite of technical foul. It's like a high five. Yeah, he, it's a high five. He wore a like, costume every night, so it's kind of cool. All right, that's gonna do it for us, Jake. It was easy, and it's sad to see you go. That's but okay. We're making way for the Jazz. Coming up next, that's here on the. That's it for the Saturday show for Jake. I'm Adrian, and uh, you judge jazz basketball. Coming up next here on the Zone Sports Network.